This is section 13 of Mark Twain, A Biography. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Mark Twain, A Biography by Albert Bigelow Payne. Volume 1, Part 1, 1835 to 1866. Chapter 13 The Gentler Side. His associations were not all of that lawless breed. At his school, he had sampled several places of learning and was now at mr cross's on the square were a number of less adventurous even if not intrinsically better playmates there was george robards the latin scholar and john his brother a handsome boy who rode away at last with his father into the sunset to california his golden curls flying in the wind and there was jimmy mcdaniel a kind-hearted boy whose company was worth while because his father was a confectioner, and he used to bring candy and cake to school. Also there was Buck Brown, a rival speller, and John Meredith, the doctor's son, and John Garth, who was one day to marry little Helen Kercheval, and in the end would be remembered and honored with a beautiful memorial building not far from the site of the old school. Furthermore, there were a good many girls. Tom Sawyer had an impressionable heart, and sam clemens no less so there was betty ormsley and artemisia briggs and jenny brady also mary miller who was nearly twice his age and gave him his first broken heart i believe i was as miserable as a grown man could be he said once remembering Tom Sawyer had heart sorrows, too, and we may imagine that his emotions at such times were the emotions of Sam Clemens, say, at the age of ten. But as Tom Sawyer had one faithful sweetheart, so did he. They were one and the same. Becky Thatcher in the book was Laura Hawkins in reality. The acquaintance of these two had begun when the Hawkins family moved into the Virginia house on the corner of Hill and Main Streets. The Hawkins family in real life bore no resemblance to the family of that name in the Gilded Age. Judge Hawkins of the Gilded Age, as already noted, was John Clemens. Mark Twain used the name Hawkins, also the name of his boyhood sweetheart Laura, merely for old times' sake, and because in portraying the childhood of Laura Hawkins he had a picture of the real Laura in his mind. The Clemens family was then in the new home across the way, and the children were soon acquainted. The boy could be tender and kind, and was always gentle in his treatment of the other sex. They visited back and forth, especially around the new house, where there were nice pieces of boards and bricks for playhouses. So they played keeping house, and if they did not always agree, well, since the beginning of the world sweethearts have not always agreed even in arcady once when they were building a house and there may have been some difference of opinion as to its architecture the boy happened to let a brick fall on the little girl's finger if there had been any disagreement it vanished instantly with that misfortune he tried to comfort her and soothe the pain then he wept with her and suffered most of the two no doubt so you see he was just a little boy after all even though he was already chief of a red-handed band the black avengers of the spanish main 
he was always a tender-hearted lad he would never abuse an animal unless as in the painkiller incident his tendency to pranking ran away with him he had indeed a genuine passion for cats summers when he went to the farm he never failed to take his cat in a basket when he ate it sat in the chair beside him at the table his sympathy included inanimate things as well he loved flowers not as the embryo botanist or gardener but as a personal friend he pitied the dead leaf and the murmuring dried weed of november because their brief lives were ended and they would never know the summer again or grow glad with another spring his heart went out to them to the river and the sky the sunlit meadow and the drifted hill that his observation of all nature was minute and accurate is shown everywhere in his writing but it was never the observation of a young naturalist it was the subconscious observation of a sympathetic love we are wandering away from his school days they were brief enough and came rapidly to an end they will not hold us long undoubtedly tom sawyer's distaste for school and his excuses for staying at home usually some pretended illness have ample foundation in the boyhood of sam clemens his mother punished him and pleaded with him alternately he detested school as he detested nothing else on earth even going to church church ain't worth shucks said tom sawyer but it was better than school as already noted the school of mr cross stood in or near what is now the square in hannibal the square was only a grove then grown up with plum hazel and vine a rare place for children at recess and the noon hour the children climbed trees gathered flowers and swung in grapevine swings there was a spelling bee every friday afternoon for sam the only endurable event of the school exercises he could hold the floor at spelling longer than buck brown this was spectacular and showy it invited compliments even from mr cross whose name must have been handed down by angels it fitted him so well one day sam clemens wrote on his slate cross by name and cross by nature cross jumped over an irish potato he showed this to john briggs who considered it a stroke of genius he urged the author to write it on the board at noon but the poet's ambition did not go so far oh pshaw said john i wouldn't be afraid to do it i dare you to do it said sam john briggs never took a dare and at noon when mr cross was at home at dinner he wrote flamingly the descriptive couplet when the teacher returned and books were called he looked steadily at john briggs he had recognized the penmanship did you do that he asked ominously it was a time for truth yes sir said john come here and john came and paid for his exploitation of genius heavily sam clemens expected that the next call would be for author but for some reason the investigation ended there it was unusual for him to escape his back generally kept fairly warm from one frailing to the next his rewards were not all of a punitive nature there were two medals in the school 
one for spelling, the other for amiability. They were awarded once a week, and the holders wore them about the neck conspicuously and were envied accordingly. John Robards, he of the golden curls, wore almost continuously the medal for amiability, while Sam Clemens had a mortgage on the medal for spelling. Sometimes they traded to see how it would seem, but the master discouraged this practice by taking the medals away from them for the remainder of the week. Once Sam Clemens lost the medal by leaving the first R out of February. He could have spelled it backward if necessary, but Laura Hawkins was the only one on the floor against him, and he was a gallant boy. The picture of that school as presented in the book written thirty years later is faithful, we may believe, and the central figure is a tender-hearted, romantic, devil-may-care lad, loathing application and longing only for freedom. It was a boon which would come to him sooner even than he had dreamed. End of chapter 13 The Gentler Side Read by John Greenman